0: You're tuned in to Good Girls Behaving Badly. You talk about everything with your close friends, right? Well, so do we. Listen to us discuss everything from media and pop culture to relationships and dating. What do you want to chat about? Well, it's not going to work. Now that I know we're being recorded. (laughs) Hey guys, this is Sydney. I'm Shanae.
1: And how has your
0: week been? It was a very chaotic week. Mm -hmm. So... Friday when I was off and I went to the spa I was definitely needed for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Work has been a little challenging. (sighs) (laughs) You know, people... I want you to think about your job, right? And Mm -hmm. think about someone who either gets on your nerves the most or you Mm -hmm. have the most issues with. Now, times that by 20, and that was my week. Mm-hmm. So I was just f- just flaming the entire week. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. flaming. <laughs> and so, when I shut my laptop and put that outer, outer, outer office message on, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I actually need more time. I'm not ready to sign in tomorrow, but bills gotta be paid. The weekend right? just
1: goes by too fast.
0: It does. I'm, I'm like, no. dang, I
1: gotta do this tomorrow.
0: Well, especially if you did stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did things... Yes, you know, Friday, I did have some chill time. But Saturday, I was out. I was doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Today, I was out. I was doing stuff. So Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like I got enough time to, like, chill and do nothing. I really enjoy my do-nothing, like, time. And I didn't have enough of that. But whatever.
1: Same. Uh, My week was also just very, very busy. Worked a whole lot. Just, yeah, it was, it was busy. I got a lot done, like, it was productive, but it was just a lot of work. Um, so, yeah, I, I need a day to just chill, but, unfortunately, gotta do more work tomorrow. So, maybe next weekend I'll get to rest a little bit. Right. <laughs> What's happening in the media?
0: Well, I feel like this was also a, uh, I don't think it's ever easy being black. Well. Wow. Um, But this week particularly, it just felt very heavy. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like going into detail because I just feel like it's the same song, different singer. Mm -hmm. But I will say um, to my black people, to my brown people, you do not have to inundate yourself with this. Mm -hmm. You can step away from it and you should. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that we have to continue to put ourselves through this trauma, through this pain over and over again. So I just feel like if you need to step away, if you can't um, keep up on the news and cases like that, it's okay. That Mm -hmm. is okay. Um, We have to take care of ourselves in the best way. And I encourage us to, even in the midst of this to when you can find peace or joy, have it, um, love it, appreciate it, grasp on it. Mm -hmm. Because... Outside of just being black, we know the world is just it feels like a, a dumpster fire mm-hmm. with just so much going on and so much negativity. And then see the dumpster fire and then be black, a black person in the dumpster fire mm-hmm. is like double mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming. And how about you guys? Because a lot of jobs are more doing their thing in this DEI space, it's sometimes more exhausting to be at work. I find. When they didn't talk about it, surprisingly, it was, like an escape. It was better than now, because yeah. then I just get these, like, how are you? Well, are you especially because my job is
1: in Minnesota, so, I mean, they have been good at, like, they had, like, a midday meditation one day, and, like, just honestly, they had, like, a venting session for whoever wanted to vent and stuff like that, so they are very good at allowing space, um, but I feel like it's just extra when they're in the city, and I'm just, like... I don't feel like talking like, about it. I don't want to engage. That's,
0: I would say my job has made an effort. There are, their staff dialogues, there are things. Yeah. And sometimes, and while I think they're good, I don't feel like it. Right. And like, because we have a committee and
1: aside from what happened this week, we were supposed to have a meeting this Friday and I just started this job, so I was excited to attend the meeting. And the people on the committee was like they sent out an email like honestly, we tired, we're exhausted, this week was not it, we gonna have to push this meeting. And I'm like, you know what, I could respect that. Like, I respect that y'all are honest about where y'all are at right now and this meeting just not gonna have to ha- not gonna be able to happen today. Um, because it was so much going on, especially when you live in the city where things are happening. So, um, just yeah, give yourself time. Love up on yourself and those around you. Correct. Um, because it's just it's never easy. It never gets easier. No. And if it do get easier, you may be getting desensitized. Honestly, and so that's not a good thing. <laughs> right, either, so right. Just... So just take a take a step back whenever you can. That's and don't feel bad about it. Exactly, because it's like you don't you're not required to be posting about it and talking about it, like never feel like because you're black you have to um just take time for yourself Mm
0: mhm and um moving forward unfortunately rapper Black Rob passed away Mm mhm um at the age of 51 another big force in the hip hop music industry um so just sending condolences to his Families and friends, and once again, the same thing I said with DMX passing, it's okay to pass people you never known. His music, his life have mm-hmm. impacted people in really large ways, and it's okay to mourn and make time to grieve and, and to do that. Right. So, that's pretty much all I got, because, like, this week was a lot, <laughs> and I just wasn't really in the mix as much, because yeah. it just felt heavy, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Mm-hmm. and like outside of that it's just people debating did you i'll talk to you about that the 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 singles group on facebook is gone
0: what that... it's gone <laughs> I so did... you guys remember we had an episode about this probably like i don't know five six back. i'm gonna check again but i don't know maybe a month or two ago we talked about this black single millennial degreed dating i don't know i ain't really a dating group but like singles group and we talked about the foolishness in that group they made a version two
1: so it's a well i'm sure we'll have something to report back on this so it exists again yes it's a, a version two of only a hundred people in it and it was thousands upon thousands What? Did, so what, what happened someone reported I, it maybe i i, I you probably we probably got to get back in the group and you know, find
0: the discord. Well send it to me. Okay. <laughs> so, so we can we'll be, report back so on that can, next week. So we can be messy and see what happens. <laughs> um as we move forward, Bravo moment. hmm So Housewives of Atlanta. So we did stop talking about Bolo. Oh, good. But we kind of switched to now talking about somebody else's coochie. <sighs> And this time was Latoya. So, this episode, y'all, was very, very weird. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. And I'm going to try to explain this to Sydney and y'all if you don't watch. (laughs) Right. So, essentially, Latoya and Drew have had some quarrels this season. But this latest thing is essentially, uh, she was having a christening, planning a christening for her daughter. Mm -hmm. And this preacher that goes by Prophet Lot. Which, I gotta be honest, it makes me uncomfortable with anyone calls themselves a prophet. You sound like a false prophet. I, I, um, <laughs> um, so, Prophet Lot. And so, he was supposed to be christening the baby, but apparently that went, went awry because he supposedly, allegedly, mm-hmm. was having some sort of relationship, uh, dating, sexual relationship with Latoya. And One, I don't understand how that impacts her baby christening. If she felt offended by his behavior, um, it was weird. She put a lot of energy on LaToya, Mm -hmm. calling her a Delilah. Oh, Jesus. Making it seem like she preyed upon this grown-ass man. Right. And like she seduced him. I don't care for LaToya on this show, but right. I, I was like, Drew, I can't believe you're making me be on her side. <laughs> Drew was so wrong and so weird because it was like, if you felt if you felt like he wasn't living the right life, get someone else to christen your daughter. She made this yeah. whole thing where LaToya, this whole why thing. Why are you
1: putting the blame on her? For
0: one, why are you putting all the blame on her? Because if something Cause happened... Because she's not the
1: one claiming to be a prophet.
0: If something happened, it was between two consenting adults, so that's why I said, "Hopefully." And then the thing is, then it goes back to like the bowl of things, like why are we worried about what adults are doing in their private bedrooms? Mm -hmm. So the reason she made such a big deal of this to me is, you just don't like Latoya, Mm -hmm. because you're like, "Well, Latoya's still married. Latoya's getting a divorce, Mm -hmm. and we all know that when people are separated about to get a divorce, there are different rules for different people. Some people don't believe in doing nothing to the divorce. Some people like, we're separated, we're getting a divorce, it doesn't matter." Right. Two, she said. He had a fiance. So he cheated on his fiance. He's trash. What did I got to do with LaToya? So one, I just felt like she put so much energy on LaToya Mm -hmm. and no put no level of accountability on the grown man Mm -hmm. um, if he engaged in anything with her. Mm -hmm. So that bothered me. And the other thing was find someone else. She lives in Atlanta. She said he's located in Houston. So it's clearly not the pastor at your church, your home church in Atlanta. Like, I just kind of felt like she was using this whole thing. You know, she's called out a drama in my family because he couldn't, because you didn't want him to christen the kid. Find somebody else. Mm -hmm. It just felt weird. So then when LaToya is like, nothing happened, he was You did introduce me. He was my spiritual advisor. He was helping me through some things. There was no romantic or sexual thing at all. Cut to a scene where she calls him in front of some of the girls. And she's like, are we dating or something? He's Mm -hmm. like, no, we're not. He was like, I was helping you, you know, through the time you were going through. She was like, why is Drew saying... Um, our relationship ruined the christening. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they spoke to him about doing the christening, but they never confirmed anything. They never gave any dates. So it basically became this big she said versus she. Mm -hmm. Um, I Either one, I really don't care what happened, but I think it's weird that if something did happen... Oh, and apparently he's not even engaged. So that was the other thing. So if something
1: did happen, that's his business. So if
0: if something did happen... (laughs) Right. They're two consenting adults. And then two, if you felt like his behavior was inappropriate as a preacher or spiritual advisor, you would just get someone else to put all that energy on Latoya and not put any energy towards the grown man who allegedly been in this, to make it seem like he's some helpless person. If he has called himself a prophet, mm-hmm. I would think he has the temptation unlocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going off the... So, it was a very weird episode where I was like, why is this season about checking other people's coochies? Like, why are... I, I? Why is everybody just in everybody's business? And I get it. It is a reality show. But... To me, this season fell flat because I just felt like they didn't... This was not organic. Mm. Between the bolo crap and this, it just felt really... Like they were trying to make this season be something when it could have been better if they just naturally let things played out. Like, mm. not every season is hardcore drama. Sometimes right. seasons are a little bit lighter, and I don't think that's a bad thing when if the women have good chemistry. So I just yeah. feel like because
1: it should still continue. Right, like, I just feel it should still like still be entertaining.
0: I just feel like this season was just not good. Wasn't their best, you know. Mm. As for married at first sight. Nothing really there. I mean, not a bad you episode. You mean Married to Medicine? Oh, Lord. I was like, you started watching Married the First time. No, because I ain't doing that crap. <laughs> um, married to Medicine. <laughs> Nothing really. I will say I'm happy to see Simone and Jackie rekindle. They both want to fix the relationship, and I'm mm-hmm. glad. I just feel like 20 years, like, come on. And what they're upset about each other is relatively smaller oh on the smaller end where it's mm-hmm. like y'all can fix this. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to see they fix this. They're going to fix this. And that's kind of it. I do think some drama is brewing for married to medicine. Atlanta is ending. So that's all I got mm-hmm. moving on to TV. Just to recap last week I for Demi Lovato. Ah, uh, yes. So, you know, she <sighs> has her series on YouTube and so mm-hmm. I did get caught up. And so, um, as we know, Demi Lovato has... She, re, you know, I think 2018 or 19? One of them... It might
1: have be been 2018, 2018. She had her, um... A docu-series. Or no, it was just a documentary. It was a documentary. That, that yeah. kind of got
0: canceled because she had Oh, I a, thought you was talking about
1: the first one. Never mind.
0: No, but she was filming a Netflix one. Uh, And when um, that got canceled... Because she had a
1: documentary on YouTube Correct. before the one that got canceled. Right. Right. So
0: the the one that got canceled <laughs> is when she had, um, like, her relapse. When she, right. um, you know, she had the heart attacks, the stroke. Now, the part that Sydney was alluding to mm-hmm. that I watched was basically Demi Lovato is... Still drinking mm-hmm. and um, using some drugs, using cannabis. Mm-hmm. For her, she feels like taking it all away would make her relapse. Would make again. her relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, very. Look, I don't know enough about addiction. Mm-hmm. To me, she has an addiction, mm-hmm. and it seems it makes me uneasy. It it, it troubled me that she is doing alcohol and smoking weed. Because, and spoiler,
1: sorry, but just thinking about how she got to this relapse, it was because she was sober for years and then decided that, understandably, like, as a 20-something-year-old, she's like, I want to be a regular 20-something-year-old. And so she wanted to be able to go to the club and order a drink. She wanted to be able to smoke weed. And so she thought she could handle that. Um, And then it got a little out of hand and she relapsed and so i feel like her she's repeating it that's what it feels like but she feels like it's she's not repeating what she did before
0: and that she feels that
1: it's under control
0: it'll be under control and she has parameters in place all i can say is one i really appreciate elton john's take because i feel like the rest of her friends were kind of being more like, you know... Yeah, Owen oh, John was like,
1: I ain't what it is. He's like,
0: I don't agree. If addiction is addiction. You cannot yeah. sometimes drink, sometimes smoke. Like, right. that's not how it works. Right. So I... Because I was like, look, I haven't had any of those troubles, but I felt like Elton, like, for all that she's been through mm-hmm. and to know that, you know, she could have died. I mean... She, she had three had, strokes, she had and, strokes a and a heart attack. She still has a, a vision impairment issues. So the yeah. fact that she, I guess my thought was, wow, she still had a desire to have some wine or had a so desire strong. to um do weed. And, and, and I don't want to judge, and I feel like I am, but I just was so like, wow, I just... It just, just
1: makes me concerned. It
0: just really surprised me that she still felt um, even comfortable to do it a little bit. I would mm-hmm. I would think that would, like, scare you. You'd be like, I ain't touching none of this crap. Yeah. But I wish her well. And she says she has good people around her and her therapists and her counselors and stuff like that. And so I hope that stays that way and she stays in the healthy place that she is in. Yeah. But I definitely was like, whoa, that yeah. made me nervous.
1: And, and, like, um, with the passing of DMX, she said that I think she has a little bit of survivor's remorse. Um, because she's like, that could have been her. Um, which, like I said, she had three strokes and a heart attack, so it very well could have been. Um, and so I don't know if that was, if that changed how she's gonna go about, um, handling her addiction or not, but... Yeah, it makes me uneasy. I do appreciate her honesty. Oh, I do too, because I um, know that that wasn't easy, easy, because yeah. I know a
0: lot of people have a lot of... I mean, we're talking about it, yeah. so I know there'll be a lot of opinions about it, yeah. and there'll be a lot of opinions that aren't as nice. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to do that. And I was
1: glad that she addressed the thing with her friend, because her friend's career really got ruined because of her rematch. And so I'm very happy that she addressed that. I hope... As a friend, she
0: financially helping her friend out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to hope in the meantime, because, like, that was years ago. Yeah, so, like, it's yeah. out now. Right. But, like, I don't know what she was doing but in she's between. Been do-
1: right. Because she lost her job and everything. So, what has she been doing this whole time? So, I'm glad oh, she addressed Lord. it. But I just hope she's taken care of. And I hope that Demi, you know, is taken care of and that she is okay. That's That's how I ended it. But I, did, I thought
0: I would end it on a higher note than that. I, I left it like <laughs> well, I hope she stay on this path. Yeah. I felt a little unsettled but yes. um Yeah. So, I can't imagine how she feel. I mean, hey, yeah. I was just a supporter and a fan of her yeah. music and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, her album is great though, her new album I enjoyed. Yeah. Outside of that, y'all, I really haven't had time. First of all, Netflix is pumping out content Girl. left and right, and I haven't had no time to sit and watch any I of just it. Started including up. My Baltimoreans, mm-hmm. there's a whole documentary yeah, I watched on that today. us. Mm-hmm. Did you like it?
1: Um, I don't want to spoil anything because some people did have criticism about it. I enjoyed it for what it was, though. Okay. I did. Um, I think they structured it. Like, don't go into it like it's a documentary.
0: They're doing it a little bit different. Mm-hmm.
1: It's structured like a play. Oh. Which I enjoy. Oh, well, that's interesting. But I think people are going into it, like, it's a documentary. Right. And they wanted more, like, history this year. Like, this detail year. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's not what it is. Okay. Um, And so I think if you go into it just thinking about it as a play that, Like,
0: accepting the art for what it is. Yeah,
1: because, you know, in a play, they touch on a little bit of the history and then they go into a song. Like, <laughs> that's kind of how it's structured. Um, and so it's not structured like a regular documentary. But I I I don't think many things are structured like that. So I thought it was very artistic for them to do it that way.
0: Well, I look forward to watching it. Yeah.
1: Um, and then The Circle came out. I've watched all the episodes that are out about that thus far.
0: I Wait, have... they, not, they didn't do all of it?
1: No, they do doing it the same way they did the first time. It's like four episodes, then the next week is three more episodes, and then the next week is like two episodes. That's the same way they did it the first time. So this Wednesday, more episodes drop. Um, So yeah, I have thoughts on some of the cast members, but I'll hold (laughs) until you catch up. Um, And then I feel like I watched, I watched something else. But yeah, like Shanae said, Netflix has been pumping out (laughs) content. So like, I still have things on my list that I have to catch up on. Um, Oh, I started Jamie Foxx's sitcom. It's cute. Probably a little corny. A tad... Not too corny, though. Okay.
0: It's a tad corny. Did
1: you laugh? I
0: chuckled. Okay. I chuckled. I mean, sometimes, though, because I realize, like, sometimes you go, is it the writing or the actors?" like, Jane Fox is funny. So it's like, you know it's not him. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I wonder, like, is it the writing? Is it whatever? It gives
1: me very much so Fresh Prince.
0: Okay. Um, Fresh Prince was funny.
1: It was, but... (sighs) It's hard to explain it. You know how, like, sitcoms have developed over the years? Very much so, where it's like, if you look back on episodes of Fresh Prince, you can see things that were out of place. Like, one screen, a cup was there, and the next screen, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Or, like, an earring was gone. Like, you notice those things when you go back and watch episodes of Fresh Prince. It's still on that level, is what I mean. Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Um... Maybe when really? you
1: watch it, you'll see. Because but... it's not, it's just not, it's structured like a 90s sitcom, in my opinion.
0: Then I feel like I would like it. Either way, I'm going to watch. I'm i am going to support. I'm going to watch. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, we had a question of the week. Um, it was, would you rather give up all drinks except water or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven? Um, and so, let's see. Reese P. said, I don't need an oven. Air fry me, baby. I need my Jesus juice and my almond milk, though. Um, the modern-day K. said, I present, I'm presently living that our oven broke life. Same, sis. Um, so, no <laughs> oven. We ain't had an oven for weeks. Um, I, King Brett, said, drinks. Lori Starr said, I'll just drink water, and if Jesus turns it into wine, that's not my business. And some, well, a good amount of people agreed Um, with that, (laughs) and then Headshock1906 said, give up anything that was cooked in the oven, it's the air fryer for me. Um, Joyful Lock said, I'll just drink water. Um, Love 87 y'all love to find caveats in our questions. She said, what about on the stove, because I don't cook, um, chicken in the oven. But then she said, it don't matter, I got an air fryer and a crock pot, play with me. So, Shanae, which one are you picking?
0: Probably the oven, because I don't use my oven that often now. Mm-hmm. Um, even prior to me getting my own place, me and my mom used our toaster oven a lot, because it was big, and it's just me and her. Mm-hmm. So, But now, just what everyone said, I do have an air fryer. So to my air fryer and my toaster oven, I rarely use my oven anyway, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be like a big deal. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, had this been a month ago... I would have given up everything except water because that's primarily what I drink, anyways. However, I have now experienced life without an oven for a month, um, and you can figure out your way around it. it I mean, I would not want to cook for more than one person, but I, we done made it do what it do. I get an oven finally in a week from now, um, but we well, I figured it out. My parents just been eating out a lot, but I've been using the. Um, instant pot in the air fryer a whole lot because you
0: really can um pretty much put anything in the air fryer like it just kind of works yeah but i i it's just the size like i have a bigger one Mm -hmm. but depending on your size air fryer it just and even as a even with mines um if i was feeding a family of four i probably still have to do two rounds in that thing Mm -hmm. yeah so like i i just got an air fryer a couple we
1: just got it maybe around christmas so I was still primarily using the oven. I would use the air fryer every now and again. But since we haven't had the oven, this is the most that I've used it. And I've I figured out some things. i bought some, ga- like, adapters and stuff because I had no choice Man, but to figure it I'd out. I mean popping anything up in there. And especially because it's a combo. Like, you can do anything in there. Like I said, though, I would prefer to not do it for a bunch of people. It worked for me since I had no choice. But, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay guys, so today for this week's episode, we will be speaking, we have Ben Williams with us, co-founder of Highway Vaca. It's the first Black-owned, hemp-based vodka distillery in Houston. We're happy to have you on today's episode, well, this week's episode. So wherever you guys are, give a round of applause for Ben Williams.
2: Hi. Hey, how are you all?
0: We are great, happy to have you here with us today to talk about your brand. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So um, as our listeners know, we love to support Black-owned brands, and we also love to drink. So <laughs> I kind of started the research when I found you guys on Instagram, Highway Vodka, and then that's where it started. So can you tell us what led you to even develop a vodka brand?
2: Yeah, so basically it started as like a hobby, like about eight years ago, just kind of um, messing around, bought a little 13 gallon still, um, and just was, uh, you know, just making stuff for families and friends, you know, stuff like that, um, just kept doing it for a while, had started a restaurant, a couple of restaurants and bars, um, mm-hmm. and was letting some of the regulars, you know, taste some of the stuff that we were making, you know, mm-hmm. and they started to like it, and then so what kind of changed everything was finally one day, um, I went to visit a friend of mine start started a dispensary out in California, and he uh, introduced me to some people that were doing some distilling with, uh, you know, marijuana and stuff. And I, you know, kind of saw what they were doing, kind of found it interesting or whatever. Came back, started playing with hemp. And then from that moment, when I started with the the hemp, corn and water, it kind of changed everything. People kind of started really liking what we were making, you know, stuff like that. Just, you know, and so finally it was just like, you know, what? and literally I'll just do like a blind taste test. Like, okay, what's your favorite vodka? Pour it mm-hmm. up, short straw, long straw, whoosh, 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 you know, swish <laughs> and I kept winning, like, you know, over and over again. So I was like, you know what? Maybe just take a go for it, you know? And uh took two and a half years, though, to get the permits, which is crazy.
1: Yeah. That's um, long it's like
2: one of the biggest barriers of entries to the business, I think, because before you even apply for your permit, you have to already have a site secured, so Mm. what it worked out for us is like my partner, um, my business partner, he uh, was all big into horses and stuff like that. So he owned a barn that he had all his horses and stuff in there. And uh, right around that same time, he kind of broke his ankle messing with the horses. He was like, yo, I'm done, I'm done with horses. (laughs) So he put all the horses and we just built the distillery out in the barn, just built it right there. So we were able to have that facility Two and a half years later, get the dis uh, the the permit, then get turned down by all the big major distributors, of course, and then uh, mm. by a cool phone call, called a friend to rant about getting turned down, basically, and uh, he said, you know he called a friend to see about you know point me in some other directions or whatever. Right. That friend turned out to be uh, this guy named Tom Montague, who's like the uh, the VP of like the largest beer distributor in the country and they they started with they were getting ready to start it with spirits and he said hey let us take a look at it and man did the same thing blind taste tested those guys one and became their very first uh spear that they were distributing and then kind of just started getting handed off to other anheuser-busch houses uh across the state that um into mm-hmm. spirits too, anheuser-busch distributors that were moving to spirits too and then from there you know got to Georgia, and now just to uh, California and Florida. So it was really starting to go.
0: Nice. That is nice. So when, when you were uh, getting turned down, like, did they tell you why? Is it, do they, is it like a series of meetings? Is
2: it like a, a email, like, no
0: thanks? Like, how does that, how does <laughs> it
2: like It was kind of like, okay. Cause like I said, I own like, you know, bars and restaurants. So I'm nurturing the whole time, like all these years i'm talking to these people constantly the distributors because they're always coming in trying to sell me stuff so i'm asking them about like how does this work i want to put my stuff in there you know Mm
1: -hmm. can y'all hear me yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh
2: yeah so like and then so i'm thinking you know and of course they're telling me i guess whatever it is i want to hear you know what i'm saying because they're still trying to sell me stuff or whatever but Mm -hmm. i kind of worked my way up the chain and got into some you know pretty substantial people in these various companies and um And you know, they made it seem like it was all good. We thought they had this program for smaller uh, distilleries and stuff and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so I really thought it was all good because I wouldn't have, uh, well, I probably, I still would have pursued as hard, but like, you know I kind of thought I had that in the bag, so to speak. And so that was nice to know when you're really like kind of risking, you know, various things trying to make something happen. You kind of think you already got that part taken care of or whatever. And then, I mean, just finally one day we had lunch and he just was like, yeah, nah, it's not happening. They don't want to deal with anything that's even remotely connected to the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. They see the threat to spirits, blah, blah, blah. You know, best case scenario, I'll hook you up with a broker and you can maybe go get it in a store or two and you can play with your little pet project, right? It was, it was kind of, it was messed up.
1: Wow. It was
2: just like, oh, okay. So I was going to buy that guy lunch that day too, but I just got up from the table. I was like, well, they'll just bring you your check. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) he didn't have to do it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have to crush, you know? So I just was like, well, that's cool. I'm out. And so, um, yeah. So then I made that phone call and um, boom, it actually turned out to be so good because stumbled into like a whole new kind of player in the, a spirits distribution game and that's like the beer houses because they're so focused on like regions you know what I'm saying like yeah you have to deal with more of them but they own their territories you know so they'll have like every single account I mean it's mm-hmm. Budweiser you know what I'm saying so they'll right. have a single account and so you have and they have a huge staff and print shops and all this stuff and I mean it, it you know and, and me being a small new brand at the time to come out the gate with the big dog like that was just so fortunate you know what I'm saying like it was huge actually because I mean if I'd have been with these other people I mean I wouldn't be nowhere near where I am now you know right
0: um, yeah and that goes so like everything really does happen for a reason it's really surprising because I feel like the weed or uh, what's the him, other word for weed um, well, <laughs> uh, uh, cannabis cannabis sorry <laughs> the cannabis this industry is like booming and so I it's surprising to hear that brands are, are still feeling uncomfortable I feel like because it's so booming I would be jumping on it because it's like they can't like that's not going anywhere like I just feel like it would be foolish
2: to say no to such a thing right well again it wasn't necessarily it was a distributor that you know what I'm saying like the thing is spirits and that's what they want people to be on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like and that's their thing. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, that's their thing. And um, so yeah, like I don't know. But yeah, a lot of a lot of brands are paying attention, like constellation brands, you know, they own like Corona and all that stuff, and they're invested heavily into um uh, cannabis. So
1: right. So for anyone that wants to try your vodka, what is different about like the taste of it?
2: Yeah. So the cool thing about it is like, number one, it's it's really a simple thing. It's it's just hemp, corn, and water, literally. So I start with nothing. It's a really simple process. I start with nothing but hemp, corn, and water. Mm -hmm. You throw it in a big, huge pot. You cook it up to a certain temperature. You let it hold for a little bit cool it down to about 110, throw it in the fermenter. This is where the hemp starts to come into play. So like the hemp actually acts as a nutrient to the yeast to make the yeast live longer and eat stronger. So meaning convert more sugar to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And Also the oils start to form from the hemp. And so from that moment, um, take everything from there and into the still, from the, the oil, the liquid, the grain, all go into the still, that oil then floats on top of the liquid as an NX is like the first layer of filtration, right? So mm-hmm. what happens like at only six times distilled and by only collecting the hearts of the run, there's like four parts to distillation. There are the four, four shots, the heads, the hearts, and the tails. They boil off at of specific temperature ranges. So I only distill it six times and I only keep the hearts, which is like the sweetest and the most uh, the purest part of the run, right? Uh, most yes, places I keep the tails because... know they want to get every drip of drinkable stuff out of there for you know for sales but you mean for money but uh since I was only doing it for friends and family I just kept the same method like I only keep the hearts and that's why even on the packaging you'll see it says all hearts and those tails so anyway but that oil at distilling six times and it comes over it comes out uh it keeps some of the viscosity from that oil so what happens is over the years, everybody wanted to taste it neat and room temperature for whatever reason. and So that was actually the greatest challenge because over the years, I was gearing it to meet that palate. So I would like come across two ladies like yourselves and be like, hey, y'all want to taste what I'm making? And you say, yeah, you want to taste it. And then when you taste it and you, instead of going like, "Uh," you know, like how most people like when they drink something strong, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. and they were just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like then I was like, yeah, see, this is, you know, and so that's what the oil does is like, it knocks that burn off. Uh, it also holds some of the uh, in oil and cooking is used to like hold things on your palate, hold flavors on your palate. So it, it, that oil also holds some of the, the sweetness from the corn on your palate to give it like a little character and a little sweetness to it. So no burn, um, a nice little sweet taste, you know, on there a little bit, not, not like sugary taste, but just a little sweet nuanced taste so mm-hmm. that's basically what you'll get um and then you'll feel way better in the morning because <laughs> of high inflammatory is from all that hemp oil and stuff that's still kind of present there so
0: well you know we did try it yesterday mm-hmm. and i have to say it was very smooth yeah um, yeah. And it, um yeah. we have some sipping chats coming so y'all have been warned <laughs> but um, we tried we did a shot just to taste the vodka without anything in it and right. it was very smooth Um and then we had a then we did a mixed cocktail Mm -hmm. and it was really delicious in the cocktail. So guys, definitely vodka. Hmm?
2: No, so that's good to know. I'm glad you guys like it because literally it's like the only thing I know how to cook. So that's great. (laughs) No, it was it
0: was it was very tasty. And um, you know what's funny though? I really thought vodka was made out of potatoes. Am I weird?
2: (laughs) Really? I really you can make it out of anything as long as you distill it high enough, you know oh
0: it. okay okay i don't feel that stupid but I, mean, <laughs> I thought i thought vodka was made out of potatoes <laughs> i don't know where i got that from
2: but i was like most of it is most of that russian stuff you know is made out of yeah. potatoes like, okay
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: so you prefer to serve it straight up as opposed to in a mixed drink or
2: how- no nah nah, nah, nah. i don't know why people wanted to taste it like that that was just like through the whole sampling phases of things gotcha. but uh and even today like at, at tastings you know people always just want to taste it neat and they really see what's going on or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh but no I, I prefer it either on the rocks with like the splash of water or soda that's it you know what I'm saying oh,
1: okay so something simple nice okay I like yeah, it yeah. definitely so we saw that you have um highway back in some total wine what was the process to like getting total wine and like how did that feel because i'm sure that had to feel great to like get into a big store like total wine
2: yeah i mean like you know having the right distribution partners putting in the work in terms of like you know when you get one store, you're in there going you're sampling really hard you know and then they'll give you more 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 but you got to show your commitment to like work the product you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and we do that and um and you know so well to where like we actually had in total wines um like towards the end of the house towards the end of 2019 and actually a month or two into this year we had like total end caps dedicated to us and our branding and all that stuff nice. so yeah i mean that stuff is, is dope like to go and see something that literally that you know you were just making in your kitchen now is like you know on the shelf and you know, the little label that you kind of designed is out there. and I love, you know, my kids, like we're somewhere and they see it. Um. So look, we're still in a pandemic. Lord help us so we can get out
0: of it. How has COVID impacted the business? And, and on one hand, I think I've read articles where people were drinking more mm-hmm. being in a house. So right. my thought is, has COVID impacted your business? Did any part of this pandemic even now worried you just with you know you still trying to get your brand in a you know bigger
2: bigger space yeah. like to be honest uh yeah i mean sure you know just being in the pandemic in general is worrisome you know what i'm saying just you know just for the larger picture of things but as far as like, this particular business goes it, it, now it was it was you know we 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 were doing just great you know what i'm saying um awesome mm-hmm. like Sales went up, uh, meaning liquor store sales went up, and uh, then we also converted to selling, um, making and uh, hand sanitizer right at the beginning, which was right, you know, not, and um, gave a ton of it away and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's actually put us in positions to to do, you know, to help the community more than anything. Like just recently i'm sure you guys probably heard about that. the freeze came about and um you know water became an issue basically um so we partnered with well the distillery partnered with and we sit on a an artist and aquifer well so all our water comes up from a well we're not on city water or something like that so we had water for days and so we also had bottles for days and so we also, during the pandemic, my, my, my brother um, started a nonprofit, which I'm a founding board member of, uh, Lucille's 1913. We started giving away meals during the pandemic from the restaurant. And we've done yeah. over, over 200,000 meals so far. And so when the, when the water became an issue, we just started, uh, uh we just partnered right in and we gave away about 10,000 liters of water um, out to the city along with the meals when people had no electricity, no water, no nothing. So, you know, so all that being said, it's like the it's, you know, because of, you know, being able to switch up and 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 you know keep it moving in the in even in a pandemic type situation, what I've what I've kind of tend to notice is that it's the people that you know, have like a bunch of investors and stuff that kind of start bowing out because they're not really like playing with their own money, you know what I'm saying? But when you're playing with your own money, you're going to figure out like, okay, so wait, you know what we got to do, you know, what I'm like, you're going to work it out. And so, um, you know, by just working hard and, and you know, constantly, you know, thinking um and, and just, you know, reimagining your, your scenarios, you're able to be in a position to actually help people during this time and not just try to struggle to stay alive, you know?
1: Right, right. I, I mean, I think that's beautiful to, like, have a business to be able to adapt and serve the community when the, you know, the opportunity presents itself. I, I definitely feel like that has to feel amazing.
2: To yeah, me. yeah, it does, and it, it, it feels good to help, you know what I'm saying? Like, these people be looking forward to those meals and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And and happy to give you a little criticism on whether or not it needs more seasoning or something like that <laughs> and then, and especially you know to be given it you know helping like our community you know what i'm saying yeah. like uh you know pretty directly because a lot of times what you'll notice that some of these things is that you know will be underrepresented at some of these distribution points uh you know, because a lot of people just don't have means to get there, you know what I'm saying? But that's why yeah. we take the step to them, you know? So it's, it's really something else. It's really cool.
1: Right. And I mean, kind of speaking as feeling rewarding, how rewarding does it feel to be Houston's first Black-owned distillery? Like, that's pretty amazing. That's a nice
2: accomplishment. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, it doesn't... I was at this thing recently... And um, I don't know, like like when you compare yourself, it just depends on like what your bar is, right? Like mm-hmm. if your bar is whatever, you know, it's easy to get kind of be like, ah man, you know, this is dope, you know what I'm saying? But like if your bar is just somewhere else, like you just be like, there's no real time for patting yourself on the back, like at all, like you know, saying I'm
0: saying? Mm-hmm.
2: Such a long way to go. And the 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 downside of that is sometimes it doesn't let you pause up and just kind of appreciate, you know, where what you have been able to achieve thus far. Which is cool because like um you know, I was at this thing recently in Atlanta and uh what was it last week or something? I don't know. But anyway, and uh, you know, some people came up to me and they were just like, Oh man, you know, we've heard so much, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Really? I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I needed to hear that today because I'm just kind of like, man, it's all fucked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, and not that it is, you know what I'm saying? But you just have so much to do. And like, you just have this kind of pressure of feeling like you have a great opportunity in front of you and you don't want to mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm, There's yeah. a lot of pressure there.
1: Right. I, I, I get to with like kind of the awards come more pressure. So that definitely mm. makes sense.
2: Um, but so, I wouldn't change it. That's for sure.
1: That's, I mean, I, I
2: understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all good.
1: <laughs> um, do you guys have plans to expand to any other
0: spirits or any other products or like flavors? Yeah. Ever do any?
2: Not flavors, probably, but like definitely more products. that like we have whiskey in the barrel right now, we'll be releasing this holiday, which is exciting. Yeah, um, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it. we wanna yeah. change that. that's, that's all. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's called Highway Young American Whiskey. So it should finally be ready um, you know, to, to roll out for that time. And then we have uh just well not just, but we bought about really about a year ago um, now, uh seven and a half acres next door to, you know, where our the site is right now, and uh, we're gonna turn that into like a big tasting room, event center, you know, you can have concerts right. back there, so I'm like 12 minutes outside of downtown Houston, so straight down the freeway, so I'm really excited about that because I used to do a bunch of concerts and stuff back in the day, so it's fun to get back into that, and um, right. you know, and this this the thing that I love about this business is it lets me do, like, everything that I've always loved to do, you know, mm. I like restaurants, I like bars, I like shows, I like drinks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all there so i mean like that's that's the coolest thing about it all is just being able to you know just do some stuff that you really enjoy doing you know right and as we
1: see the light at the end of the tunnel of the pandemic people want to be outside so
2: so so i just (laughs) got back from bc today and i mean like in bc was super locked down during the pandemic but it was interesting just to see dc starting to open back up and people are out like it's crazy like they ain't never been nowhere their life (laughs) that being said it's a very good opportunity in time like they say that um they they were saying something about the economy is about to grow like over seven to eight percent over Mm -hmm. 2019 levels and then it's going to settle in at about four and a half percent higher than 2019 levels Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: man you want to you know whatever it is you want to get to it and take advantage of all this growth because it's going to be a lot of spending going on
0: yeah
2: uh, right now you know for the next year or so so you know um yeah it's just a great opportunity for people that you know this is a great time to be you know in business basically right yeah it's about to be a roaring (laughs)
0: <laughs> no it's definitely gonna be a lit summer i mean we plan on having one right <laughs> um, but, you know between sort of the vaccine
2: good.
0: right i mean between so sort of, you know the vaccine rollout people feeling more comfortable. more comfortable to be out about to be summertime outdoors people want to be at the brunches and day parties and festivals and everything like that so i definitely think you know more good business will be coming your way yeah um guys you try highway vodka it was very good yeah and i'm really more of a tequila girl but i really <laughs> did enjoy, um the highway vodka yeah i, I mean i'm looking forward
2: because
1: i'm definitely a whiskey person so i can't wait until i can try that because i'm excited for
2: oh yeah i'll definitely send you guys a sample uh, as soon as i get my bottles and everything together we're working on that now so okay awesome sure.
0: well we definitely look forward to tasting that yeah everyone to support. We like to support our own, support these
2: black-owned <laughs> brands. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you guys something, too, because um, this will probably be interesting to you all, particularly. So, uh, my partner's daughter, she's been around, like, the whole time, and she's actually, like, become the uh, primary distiller now. So, she's, like, the wow. you know, this African-American female distiller probably in the country, because I've never met another one. Um, love to see it. But, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so she's making it, and um, so I think that's pretty cool. You know, Yeah. And it's fun for her too. Yeah, her name is I Cody. Mean, me I mean, uh, Cody Allen. I mean, Cody Fuller. I keep forgetting her 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 married name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well,
0: that is wonderful. <laughs> we love to see uh, black women doing a damn thing. Absolutely. we love to see our people doing well, um, and it's good to know that your brand actually serves the community. You serve. That's <laughs> right. also really great. Right. Um, we really appreciate your time today to learn a little bit about your brand and vodka. Like seriously, y'all, I thought it was mm. potatoes. So <laughs> I feel like I learned way more about how it works. Yeah. Low key, I want to make some in my kitchen, but I'm not. I'm gonna just <laughs> keep sipping my highway vodka. And let me just leave yeah. it to the professionals
2: right 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 nah try it man make it you never know you might come up with something ill and new
0: <laughs> you know what if i come up with something i'm gonna call you and we're gonna see what we can do mm. do a little deal or something,
2: something i'm with it i'm with it
0: <laughs> all right y'all see we're gonna have a good girl's behavior badly Ooh, vodka. okay we're gonna have a we gonna yeah. have- Red collab, I'm just saying, <laughs> living out in the universe. Now, we call you later this summer. Don't be acting like you don't know what you're
2: doing. Because yeah, i be <laughs> if, if you don't call, I'm going to be disappointed.
0: Okay, okay. And one day when we <laughs> decide to get on a plane, we coming to Houston, we're going to pop up. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's totally, cool. <laughs> totally cool, totally cool. And yeah, and everybody, they could just try They could ship it if they're not in any of those states at reservebar.com. Or they could uh, have it sent straight to their crib.
0: Nice. Perfection. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Ben. You guys heard it. You know where you need to go. Yeah. Matter of fact, you should be typing in that link right now and making your <laughs> own. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Ben.
1: And thank you all for listening. As always, this is Good Girls Behaving Badly, bringing you the good and the bad of every week.